This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Goal of today is to talk through growth and efficiency through waiver arbitrage, a bunch of fancy words to talk about what's going on in the insurance industry as it relates to virtual assistance, um, what some would call virtual employees. So um, we'll talk through that. I think the chat is now open. So during this time, feel free to blow up the chat. So um, kicking off, yeah, growth and efficiency through waiver arbitrage. We're going to talk about the virtual assistant channel today. So I think Mo messaged me this the other day. He's like, I could not have think of a better panel for this. And I totally agree. Uh, really, really excited to welcome these folks. Uh, we've got Mohammed, Monica, and Jason here, all of which work in the insurance agency world, either own or operate an insurance agency and work in the virtual assistant world. So um, if y'all wouldn't mind, Monica, uh, for a bunch of people that don't uh, need introductions, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, giving a high level overview, Monica, we'll start with you guys. You can follow along from there. Yeah, my name is Monica Duani. I've been in the insurance industry now for a little bit over 18 years uh, here in beautiful Massachusetts. I am uh, a managing partner at Sapital, which is uh, owned uh, by Troy Thompson, with David Carruthers and myself. Uh, and we are really excited to be here today to be talking about, you know, we all call them very differently. Jason is BEs, Mohammed is BAs, and I am virtual professionals, but they're all awesome people. So we're just talking about people yeah. today, right? Uh, right? So that's it. We're just, we just want to share our knowledge and, uh, you know, take everything we've learned through our years on the industry and make, make it work for others. That's just basically what we're here for. Amen to that. I love that, Monica. I actually did not know about the virtual professionals. I knew Jason's terminology. So Jason, if you want to take it from there, give yourself an introduction. Love to hear from you. Jason Cass, owner of the Insurance Alliance, three location agency in Southern Illinois. Um, also the uh, owner of Agency Intelligence, uh, which is the podcast. And um, we try to create uh, a movement and try to give content and better the independent insurance agency, the greatest industry God ever created. And because of people like Mohammed and because of Monica and trying to, I love what you said, Monica, today we're not talking about VEs, VPs, VAs, we're talking about people. Um, and uh, I'm proud to jump into that after doing it since 2014 and running into a lot of friction in the industry. That's just the best way and nicest way to say it. I decided to do it on my own, which is very similar to how Monica around the same time and Mohammed because the inefficiencies in the business. So thanks for giving us the platform, Tucker. Happy, happy to do it. Um, last but not least, Muhammad, love to hear from you. Hey guys, uh, so uh, my name is Muhammad. Uh, obviously you can see you on the screen. Uh, own an insurance <laughs> agency for the last 20 some odd years. Uh, you know, started the VA company about two years ago, similar to what Jason said, you know, it's like, hey, I see a lot of it, issues that I was running into. And I was like, you know what? I think I could do better. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that yeah. that's with all of us here. Like, hey, I think we could do better. I think we could mm-hmm. provide, provide a better option, a better product, you know, uh, a better way to do this. So that's why we all are here. So I appreciate you uh, giving us the platform. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we're talking about people today. We're talking about problems. Always good to be in a virtual room with a bunch of entrepreneurs. So I'm going to drop some fire today. Again, if you have questions, comments, we've got a list of questions that we put together. At the end of this, we will leave it open for Q&A. Um, definitely some awesome brains to pick here. So um, just getting started, uh, question for all of you, and then we'll dive into some individual questions. Um, as somebody who operates an agency and helps run a VA company, what value can you see from both sides? Since it's like looking at both sides of a mountain, 
What do you see sitting right there, right in the middle? All right, I'll go first. I love this one. So it's really obvious if you're going to find success with a, a VA, VA, VP, ha, with a people company, you're going to want to look for somebody. I write this in my blogs when I try to educate. We believe that the educated agency owner will make the best decision every time. So one of the things that we try to say in there is it's not ironic that a lot of the best VE companies that are the most reputable are agency owners that come from inside the insurance industry. But don't be fooled. There's a bunch of men there that come from inside the insurance industry. But the question you need to ask, did they run an agency? Did they run a brick and mortar shop where they were in charge of processes and procedures and managing people that weren't in a digital environment? Because when you really ask that question, it will separate those who are doing it the correct way and understand what's going on versus those who are not. So it's really important. And then the beautiful of it, part of it for us is we use our agency as a testing ground when we're trying to create new things for our clients. So there's multiple um, sides that come from that, the way that I see it. Yeah. Piggybacking on, on Jason, it's all about trial and error. You cannot offer something that you have not gone through. So, you know, on our end, operationally, um, if I've never managed an agency, how can I actually tell my clients how to manage theirs, right? So mm -hmm. it is all about being on the trenches, making sure that you understand the front line, because that's where more of the issues lie, right? Most agencies operate, but they don't have a process or they don't have these things written down or, you know, it's not efficient enough. So it is really important that, you know, in order for us to offer like the best of the services that we have lived in being there. And I think I agree with him when he says, you know, make sure that you're dealing with people that been there, done that. And that's kind mm -hmm. of like why I think the three of us are having a lot of success in this area just because we still own our agencies. We're still going through the same problems that we, you know, face every day. Uh, we're still dealing with renewals and with like upset clients and, you know, trying to find efficiencies every day. So I think mm -hmm. that makes us, um, you know, a lot better. Yeah. I, I think I, everybody that just spoke that they were, they're hundred percent on the, on the, on the money on this side, you know, as coming from both sides, it, the unique proposition that we bring is that we understand the struggle, right? Uh, it's like when you go buy a car, who's the whose advice you want to take, a salesperson or you want to take a mechanic's advice on which car is the best, right? And what issues you, you may run across and so on and so forth. So we see that. We see the struggles. We see the problem. We find our own solution. We test our solution. And then we say, hey, you know what? This worked great. And now let's share it. You know, and I think that's all what us three bring to the table as well. So great point from all of you, both of you guys. Great points, everyone. Yeah, it's it's why I don't take my Audi to a Jiffy Luke, right? And you're taking that to an Audi dealership. It's it's very important to be industry specific here in insurance. Um, that testing ground, uh, understanding the day-to-day -day of an insurance agent, the problems that they're going through uh, and, and how the agency orchestrates itself. Um, is incredibly important. And then to go through that trial and error. Um, so niching our niche a little bit here, I think is is a high level overview. So I'm going to shift it. We're going to go into some one-on-one -on -one questions with each individual. I will give the others a chance to, to hop on this. But so this is big. I mean, I didn't even know what a VA was like three years ago. Um, I definitely didn't know what a VA and in insurance was when I started in insurance about two years ago. So Monica, why has the VA word, VP, VE word or acronym become so big over the last year or two? Well, there, there are a few factors. I've been working with, you know, virtual professionals for about eight years now, but they just became very popular, I will say, maybe five years ago. Give it a take. Now, with our industry being so regulated, nobody thought it was possible, right? Because mm -hmm. everyone needs to have a license in order to process insurance transactions when the reality is that 80% of the backlog of an insurance agency is not license related and can definitely be handled by other people that can not only perform with excellence, but that can also you know, perform on a fast rate. So 
not only they're available, you know, from other countries, but you can find them within the U.S. as well. And I think, you know, when the whole the remote concept came to play, it was like insurance is just so archaic that, oh, somebody's working remote. Like, you know, and everybody started exploring the possibility of working remote. I think it all came to flourish, right? So Mm-hmm. It's slowly we've been adapting into this model, not just with like the virtual professionals, but also with the internal staff that works at the agency. And I think, you know, the seeing that possibility that not only you can have a better work environment, but also you can give opportunities to other people, well-educated people in other countries that are looking also for, you know, an opportunity to work and you can be that vessel, it's also an intriguing one. So I think, you know, from from all spectrums, it's just a great opportunity for people and for us as an industry to explore it. So um, from that end, I think, you know, that's why it became very popular. It's just because it's another way of us generating more work covering areas and also, you know, keeping through to certain revenues and profitability that we have to keep uh, in the agencies as well. So it's just, it was just a mix of everything at the same time, I will say. It is. Mohammed, do you want to throw anything on that? I love this question. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with technology as well. You know, uh, as, you know, I, I used, before I got into insurance, I used, I was doing, uh, I was an electronics engineer, right? So at that time we were doing remote, uh, uh, you know, executive uh, employees. And at that time we were using ISDN. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, uh, but it was, uh, it, was a, it was a way of doing internet, but it was called ISDN. It was, there was no DSL, it was ISDN. But, um, but at that time, yeah. remote employees were going on, but it was, it was for the ultra preferred and ultra executives and stuff like that. But now the technology, the internet's getting faster in these remote countries and everything else. I think this is becoming more and more and more popular. And you'll probably see, you know, more, you know, either third world countries or smaller countries that didn't have access to internet now have access to wideband internet. And, you know, so this is going to get much more uh, bigger and it's going to make us much more connected as a, as a, as a human, you know, as, as, as a community. So that this is, this is uh, the way of pretty much of the future. So that's why it's kind of getting more and more popular cost-effective also it's, it's another issue. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's also helps out like Monica said, you know, so I, to me, I like to study uh, things more and think about more things than I probably should. Um, and the agricultural business, it's something that happened 80 years ago, um, maybe even more than that, to where you had people who were doing a job that needed to be done more efficiently. You want a dollar for an orange, you know, you're going to pay $5 for an orange if we have to st- still keep the same labor force that we always had. So what we did is we created machinery. And when we did that, those machines needed to be ran. And the people who were most familiar with what was going on, who at one time were picking the fruit, are now going to run the machines, which gives them a better lifestyle. Now, you still have to have those people who are going to work those other jobs. And it only made sense that immigrants ran, um, have done those since the 1880s when the Irish came over here and everybody from Europe. From Europe. I mean, we were, we're a country of that. And so now what you have is, is it happened to the middle to the blue collar America, when it came to blue collar about 20, 30, 40 years ago, the labor once again started to put a crunch on businesses and they weren't able to pay people what they were able to do. So instead of bringing the immigrants to the factories, they took the factories to the immigrants. The point is they cut down labor costs and actually ran things a lot more efficient and actually gave the job to those who were the best at the job. Today's world is just the white collar times. That's all that it is. It's now to where we have moved on, just like agriculture, just like blue collar. White collar has now realized that we can't afford to pay $55,000 a year for someone to answer the phone. If you want to continue to do that, you can, but other agencies that are running more efficiently that now have that money to outsell you and outmarket you are going to take you down. And it's just the way that it is. And when you think about, well, this is just a fad, there's 40,000 insurance agencies. If everyone just needs one, that's 40,000 40, VEs, VPs that are going to be needed. 
Now, if you think about that, that's not enough. There's not enough VE companies out there. Now, believe me, me and Monica and Mohammed would love it if it, we were the only ones, but that's just not the way that it's going to be. So you're going to start to see more of these. And when you do, that's why it's important that you start to ask the right questions. So this has become a hot topic and it's only going to become more uh, of a hot topic as we start fighting, number one, now a labor shortage, not to mention that now you're throwing in there. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I've told my, my staff this and they agree on the majority of the, the projects and tasks and processes that need done. My VEs will run circles around my my um, my licensed staff. And it's not because they're better. It's because they enjoy the work and it fits who they are. Great answers, everyone. Jason, you always get me fired up. So to, to give a synopsis <laughs> there, um, a highly regulated industry is changing very rapidly. Um, tech is at the forefront of that. Um, we're seeing labor shortage. We're seeing margins change, mm -hmm. increase in competition which means we have to change the way that we do things right, um, to be more cost effective and give new people an opportunity to help us run our business in a better way. So Thanks, next man. question here, Monica, I, I get this, I hear this. I'm worried that when I hire a VE, a VA, a VP, um, I'm going to have to work behind them. Um, I'm going to have to spend time training them. You know, it, it's going to be greater than the time that I'll gain. How would you respond to this? Flash news, you do. <laughs> You do have to spend time with your people. I mean, it's just, are you going to hire a producer and let them run the way they want to run? Or are you going to hire a producer and tell them, this is my recipe of success and this is how you succeed in my agency? It's the same. It doesn't matter where they're from, what title they have, license or not licensed. The recipe has to be the same for everybody that joins your agency. Having an onboarding process, making sure that you have a defined, you know, set or scope of, you know, tasks that they are going to do. You have to hold their hand. You, they have to learn your systems. They have to learn your people. They have to know how you operate. And nobody is going to walk on your door and know exactly what you do under you spend, unless you spend time explaining it to them. Come so, on, yes, you have to spend time with your people because it is people. They're not robots. They're no AI. Right. So, you know, that's my raw answer to that, because there is a misconception that somebody's going to come into your agency knowing exactly how to run your process or your agency when that's not the reality of things. They're mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I love a direct answer to a direct question. So at the end of the day, time invested is time gained. And it's why you exactly. call them a virtual professional or employee versus an assistant. They're a part of your, your company, your culture. Um, exactly. Jason Muhammad, any bullets on that as well? No, I, I think I, I, what is the difference? Like Monica said, I mean, you have to train your employee regardless. And, and the way things are moving, I could hire a producer or or a licensed agent in New York, you know, now when we look for employees, we don't look within our city, you know, that day's over, you know, now we look for producers and agents all over the US, you know, so what difference does it make if you're training someone in Pakistan, in India, or in, in Philippines, it does not matter, you know, you, you, you have the same technology, same hurdles regardless, so why not use the cost effective method of, you know, of hiring in that case? Because they're lazy. <laughs> They're lazy and they can't even train their own people. And I'm telling you as an agency owner, I'm weak at it too. Yeah. Come on, let's all look in the mirror here. We're all weak at it. Then you throw in the fact that they're from a different culture. Right. So as an agency owner who's terrible at training, I can at least hire an American, throw them in there and say, hey, can you do this mortgage change? And they know what a mortgage change is. They know what a bank is. They know what a real estate is. They understand the process. You can't do that when someone's coming from Pakistan. You can't do that when someone's coming from India or the Philippines. They have to understand the concept. Like, what is a loan? What does a loan look like? What's the banker? What's the real estate? What's the loan officer in this process? When they ask to do this change, what are they asking? And so that takes a little bit more to understand. The problem with it is, or the thing that they don't realize is actually, is once you explain it one time, they're smart just like any other people in America. Let's let's get back to realizing that people are smart outside of America. And you realize that that's what they have to do. And they don't want to take that time 
But actually, if you do it right and you get with the company that trains them correctly, that explains that stuff before they get into the office, understands conceptual education, you're not actually having to deal with that as much. But as Marvin, I'm sorry, Mohammed, as Mohammed and and Monica said, um, you still have to train them. I've never known anybody that I have to hire that just knows how to work um, QQ Catalyst. Just haven't ever found them, you know, so it's common sense. We got to quit being lazy. Love it. If you didn't think we brought the right panel together for uh, this talk today, then then now you know why. So, Dude, we're passionate um, about it. There's a reason why we got in this, Tucker. I didn't absolutely. get into it because I needed another company. I got into it because the independent agency needs to be knowing the questions to ask and they need to be educated. And there's not enough Mohammeds and not enough Monica's and Troy's or Andy Priestman's to be involved in this. Could not agree more. It's Wyman Insurance. It's an industry that is rapidly, rapidly changing. We're going to see more and more of that over time, and it presents itself an opportunity for anybody who wants to to take it forward. So um, do you see VAs taking away jobs from full-time employees from the American workforce? Should I be worried about this? Is this a problem? Monica, what do you think? Can you repeat that again? I'm sorry, Tucker. So do you see virtual assistants, VPs, VEs taking jobs away from full-time employees? What would be a a W-2 employee in the United States? Should I be worried about this if I'm looking at the labor market in the United States? No, that's the the wrong mindset, right? Because they are a complement to you. And I mean, that is the question that we get. Usually the hesitation from most of the staff that has not been instructed carefully on what a VA, a VE, or, or a VP is. Um, you know, right now we have about 10,000 people leaving the agency, you know, every month, every couple months. You know, mm-hmm. there is a lot of people retiring. And we should actually be taking advantage of these people that want to work in our industry and developing them so they can help us in the future develop other people in the states that want to become part of the industry. So as I see it, I see it as an opportunity for those that are retiring to teach a younger generation what actually insurance is and how do they work and actually transfer that work ethic and that knowledge because right now we're going to hit to a point where we are not going to be able to hire licensed people unless we Mm -hmm. get very very creative Mm -hmm. into going in high schools or colleges or universities to instigate that this industry is amazing and they should be joining our industry otherwise VAs, VPs, you know, VEs are going to be taking over this industry because they are the only ones that are right now interested on working in it. So I see it as a compliment and as an opportunity for us in the future. I love it, Monica. And, you know, we got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable question, but it's the reality of the industry. It's about efficiency and it's about evolving and changing with the times and that's what we have to do um jason it's about, it's about not being emotionally connected to your people okay there's an emotional connection here and my staff told me that after as we hire ves they become less burnout on their work have we ever designed have we ever defined what burnout means does that mean that they're tired of the industry or does that mean that they're tired of doing the work that they're doing Sarah, Sarah Beard in my office earns a lot of money. And for me to give her a job where her job is the data entry into a management system is almost degrading work for someone like her. It makes her overqualified for the position. It doesn't make her fulfilled when she goes home. But yet when you take that work off of them and you give it to people who are literally good at it and trained from a small age in another country to be able to do that in America... And then you are, are, are giving that person a higher level job. You're actually giving them more worth. You're giving, you're making them feel as if they are actually committing and getting something done on a daily basis. So we may not be taking the work of full-time employees. What we're doing is we're actually giving them back the job that they loved and taking away the burnout that they hate. That's the way that I see it. I, I couldn't agree more uh, what Jason said. You know, it's 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 hard to find an agent who is detail oriented, 
loves to talk to people, loves selling, and you know, and can make sure he crosses T's, dots his eyes, the whole nine yards, right? So it's hard to find one sales producer who's good at everything. So why not take that person, find out what they're passionate about, and let them work on that passion, you mm-hmm. know, and all the other crap, let somebody else do, you know, mm-hmm. find someone who is detail oriented, who can just, who loves numbers and just put their head in the paper and just cross the teeth and dot the eyes, let them do what they want to do. Right. So it's not taking away a job. It's, it's basically putting blinders on and saying, I'm going to focus on what I love the most and let someone else focus on what they love the most. A great example is as simple as we all know high value producers are awful at following process and are awful at details. Can everybody agree? All right, man. Right. When you put a salesperson into, you have to follow this process. You have to follow this onboarding. These are the things that need to go in the management system. That producer actually fails more than 90% of the time. But when you actually set up that producer with a person that can actually take care on their, of their onboarding of a client or can take care of the intake of that client, that person actually ends up selling more than 60% more than they could possibly do by themselves. So see it as a compliment. You know, you have to find the people that compliments you in order to grow. And that's exactly what we are doing, but at an agency scale, not just for each person, right? So the possibilities are endless. We just have to Stop with the mindset that this is here to actually take jobs away. It is not. It's to complement how much you staff and yourself can grow if you do the right thing and you learn how to delegate. That's that's about it. You just have to learn how to delegate. You, I think, Tucker, you should get a couple of these questions in the chat because there's one that somebody asked in there. First of all, everybody needs to compliment Tucker on his shirt. I mean, will somebody say something? My God, some people think it's beautiful and some people can barely look at the guy. So anyway, one of, I one of my sales guys told me I looked like a second grade math teacher today. So, but I'm, I'm here to educate. <laughs> He's not to too far that's, off, that's but you're fine. rocking I'm it, okay Tucker. Tucker Thank you. You're rocking it. You're Thank rocking you, it. Jason. Let I me ask you right has- here. Um, excuse me if I say your name wrong. Um, and, and I'll read this out loud so that Monica can hear it as well. One of the things that says, uh, do most agency owners, oh, I think you answered it. I'm sorry, Monica. Do most agency ownership uh, ship laptops to VEs in the States or you allow them to use your own devices? That's a major, major question we need to help the answer right there. You need to own the device because you need to be able to have security on the device. You need to be able to lock the device down if you need to. You need to be able to go back and see what they were doing. You need to know what kind of encryption they have. You need to know what they're using. So this is like a no ifs, ands, buts about it. You you spend the money and you pay for that equipment and then you get the security loaded on it and then you ship it to them if that's how you're doing it. Please let me know if I'm wrong, Monica or Mohammed in that. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. No, no, 100%. No, 100%. That's, you know, yeah, that, that's like the, it's not the first question. Like security should be the first question you ask when you're looking at VA companies. Hey, how is my data secure? You know, uh, a, a rogue VA can destroy your agency literally you know so you have to but that's that's excellent point right there you know there's no way uh, my vas are using their own uh, computers that they're playing games on and doing what else at nighttime <laughs> but yeah no way no way so good question sorry great stuff the other one from terry lee uh here was what percentage of the panels worked for is va versus traditional employees good point i have 10 lot nine licensed and I have six VEs. 
But I also have three producers that are write large accounts. So they they alone have three. So I will say 30 to 40% usually is a good number mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you're complementing your staff. So depending on what is that you're using them for, it could be more VAs than regular employees. True, but true, I, I've seen. I've seen, you know, 30 to 40% of the regular staff being added as VAs, as, at least for now. Yeah, within our, my agency, we, we run it as assembly line, right? There's a reason why GM and everybody else does it as, a, as assembly. So our VA starts something, our producer does something, and then uh, our another VA kind of finishes it off, right? So I always call it a relay race. You know, my whole process is a relay race. You hand off the account, the file to the next person, next person does what they need to do, go to the next person. So, you know, for every one producer, I have at least two VAs assigned to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, Mohammed. I'm so glad you brought up the assembly line. That's exactly what I was going to bring up to sum all this up. Uh, it's why every industry, every leader in every industry has become successful, right? We allow people to do things not in silos, but that they're really good at and hand it to the next person or the next technology or the next thing that's really good at that, right? One thing you brought up earlier, Mohammed, as well is people don't like selling. I think people like selling, but when they're spending 70% of their time doing bullshit that they don't want to do, entering data, doing administrative tasks, the average salesperson today spends about 30% of their time actually selling. The, the 70% is what they hate. How, how far can we shift that over? I think is where these virtual folks are going to help us out. Ducker, I've been doing, I've done this like four times this year. Now I could go do it right now inside of Salesforce. I have these cases, okay? Anything that is done outside of it being a renewal or new business is a case, right? A billing issue, change, all that stuff, right? I can go there at any time and and I can look at the last hundred cases that were closed in my office. And every time between 70 and about 85 of those cases were closed by an unlicensed person. Now, there was a licensed person who was involved in the process, who was the one who was communicating with the customer, collecting the information. But at the end of the day, the person who finalized it, the person who did all the things that we wish our licensed staff would do that don't do because they're too busy doing things that they shouldn't be doing and that the VE should be doing, that's all that stuff that's being done. So think about that. If you really go look at your state license uh, laws, it, there's only like three or four things you're, that you have to do to be licensed or licensed to have to do. Accepting money, binding coverage, discussing coverage, and there's like one or two else. And if you, some states don't even have that many. So think about how many things are being done in your agency. I've said this before. That's where we have to switch our mindset from licensed to unlicensed task. And Monica's hit on that a couple of times. This is where your value comes because you really, when you look at how many things are being done that are unlicensed, you realize immediately like, wow, well, maybe I do need more VEs than I do full-time people. So absolutely true. Absolutely true. Wonderful point, Jason. And it, it relates really well to Terry's question right now. What's the first step? Uh, for an agency, it sounds like understanding what a VA can do versus what your full-time employee can do. And then you can say, all right, I can I can use these tasks. I can onboard this many people. This is how much time I'm looking to save or invest in getting Absolutely. the structure started. Is, yeah. is it, is also, it is also understanding where your needs are inside the agency, right? You got to assess what can be delegated, what doesn't really need to be done internally. And then where is your staff spending most of the time in? Because that's that's a very, very important question. You can meet with Mohammed, you can meet with Jason, you can meet with me or anyone uh, that owns a VA agency. And the first thing that they're going to ask you is like, what are you thinking on those tasks are going to be? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that clear, then you're not ready. So you need to you need to go through that exercise to understand what your need is first. Yep. Great book. If you haven't read it, start with the why. We should always do that in any situation, right? So we've got about 23 minutes left. I want to keep things rolling here. So, Muhammad, so we talk at Insured Mind a lot about automation, a lot about the things that we can do and the power of automating tasks. What role does a VA play in between those automations? How can they make them that much more powerful? 
I think as as automation grows, I think Jason gets geeked out about this kind of topic right here. You know, when it comes to AI or APIs and stuff like that. And I know we talk about this in our uh, in our AI brain shares and stuff like that. So, you know, I think as the technology grows uh, within within the insurance industry for when it comes to APIs or AIs, I think the VA's task would be much more more uh, will get centralized. Right? It would be much more specific. You know, uh, I give you a perfect example. Uh, before our VAs used to go ahead and go to companies and download all the documents, uh, we use a company called Adapt API, right? And uh, and guess what? That's gone now. You know, so now my VAs don't do any of that. My VAs will just go in and go to one centralized folder and grab the documents and attach it where they need to go. So yeah. there's lots of there's lots of uh, things that VAs were doing and due to automation, due to API, you know, that is changing, you know, how, where do I see it? I, I see it becoming more specific, all the intakes form, you know, as uh, uh, chatbots become more popular and much more smarter, you know, I think a lot of that conversation that VAs or intake forms that VAs may be filling out over the phone may be disappearing as well. So I, I think the VA's job will, is where it was very broad initially, but now it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, you know. So, but there's there's lots of automation, uh, especially with insured mind. That I know we are, I'm a big user of insured mind, and and there's lots of things I was doing before, you know, that I don't do. I tell my VAs, "Oh, go click on this button right here and and just stop. <laughs> you know, you're done, and let let the automation do the rest. You know. So I think it, it is still helping, but VAs are still the one that actually hit that button and make it happen, you know? So. I don't think they can happen without it. I don't think automations can happen without VAs. Now you could have somebody in your office who's really sophisticated at it, but I have to say my staff is some of the best out there, but when they realize like, okay, after you make a change, you have to go and you have to click this. And then as he said, it automates through, but Hey, once it does get to this stage, somebody, when you get the notification, you have to go back in and click this automations are not perfect yet. And I don't really know how we could do automations without, cause I sit there and I watch what they're doing as far as automations, the VEs. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, there's no way I would remember to do all that stuff. Right. But it's what they like to do. It's what they take pride in. It's what they understand. And they understand that that's their job. And I, I don't think it could happen without. I really, truly do not. 100%. There's a reason why we still have employees. There's a reason why the independent agency is still a thing, right? We need mm -hmm. these people in between the policy and between the carrier to give them the service that they need. Um, quick question for everybody. Maybe everybody can give one answer. What, what are the top three out of three most important tasks you would utilize a VA, VP, VE for? Kind of a broad question. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what everybody always asks for, but then I think that they can be utilized in different ways. Everybody always wants them to do quoting. Everybody wants them to know if they can do changes, right? Can they do an auto change? Can they do a mortgage change? Everybody wants to know, can they answer the phone? Um, the answer is, is yes to all of these questions for almost every one of us, I'm assuming. Okay. We give you a list yep. of 53 tasks that we, we, we send that out before we have our meeting. We send it out and we say, here's 53 tasks that our, that our people are doing in an agency. Which one's the most do you like? But normally it's quoting. Usually it's anything that's kind of helping the CSR policy checking. They always want policy checking. But like, you know, we were doing policy checking. And, and I don't know about Monica, but I know Muhammad just mentioned it. Like we had uh, VEs that were saying, I want to check this commercial policy versus this commercial policy. Well, you can actually create robots that do that now. And the VE just listens to what the robot says and then takes action on it. So, I mean, a lot of different things now are being taken care of, but those are some of the ones I get the most. I will say on my end, we do a lot of lead generation. So a lot of revenue uh, link tasks. Uh, it could be the marketing is huge, you know, managing the social media, blogs, newsletters, all that stuff. Um, then the renewals is, is a huge one when mm -hmm. it comes to like the back, backlog of the renewals. Uh, like Jason said, you know, the quoting. Um, so renewals, renewals, marketing, lead gen, uh, those will be like the top three that are on my radar all the time. And phone yeah. answering is huge too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would say all of the above, you know, uh, all the things that mentioned, yes, and more, you know, uh, these, mm-hmm. these virtual employees, VAs, VPs, what do you want to call them, but they can do whatever the heck you want them to do. Uh, you know, yeah. they're not, they are, they are smart, they're capable. I mean, a lot of these guys have their bachelors, you know, so they're not, they, 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 they are very well you know, trainable. Exactly. So you can make them do almost everything except obviously presenting and what Jason said, you know, you know, Uh whatever the license requires you to do, you know, but besides that, they they can do everything. So Tucker, you guys probably have this with insured mind because insured mind is dynamic, but we have a service at tinsurance.com. Any kind of correspondence we get, whether it's a fax, whether it's a company sending us commission statements, anything coming from the company goes directly to service at tinsurance.com and all the VEs are notified. And as soon as it happens, they go into a queue and they look at it and they know what they're allowed to do and what they're not. Like I'm on services, but Marvin is over here on commercial lines commissions, right? Well, he's not going to touch that one. And now he sees commercial lines commissions. And what's even great is, is if Marvin is too busy doing something, the VE will see it and say, oh, that's commercial lines commissions and then they'll sign it over to Marvin to do. So so these things are all being done as they're coming in. And you know what happens? The VE will come to you and say, hey, I, this one came in and I, we don't really know what to do with this one, right? And then you're like, oh crap, didn't think of that. So then you create a process for them and that only lasts a couple months before everything's come in and you've created a process for everything. A lot of times people will get to me and they say, well, as soon as I create all my processes, then I'm going to hire a VE. Actually, you probably should do them together. The VE will actually do them for you and write them out and create them as you do it. It's actually a backwards way of thinking when you think of that. You actually need the VE to then create the process. Don't create the process and then get the VE. And I will say more accurately sometimes than you can probably do it because you are not on the trenches doing that specific task every day. Mm-hmm. So you can provide the shell, but then, then all the ins and outs of like, if yes, this and no, that, then what happens? That's that's on them and they can certainly help to do that. Tucker, one more thing I want to add to that. Hold on, because this is great. Okay. Our processes do not look like they did whenever we really fired. So we've been doing it since 2014, but we only had one or two. When we started firing up, our processes look completely different because when they were doing them every day, they would come back to us and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this and this, and I really don't need to do that, Right. All of our sales, all of the proposals that we sent out, that we were sending out our own that we had already sent out. And literally May said to me, she's like, Jason, would you let me create a sales proposal and see what it looks like? We use all the sales proposals that they're the ones that created because they just have a different mindset of how they use Excel and how use Word. They just can do a lot of things that you wouldn't think about. So as I said, they'll help you create the systems and the things that you need to get done. I'm changing the way that I'm thinking about this workforce throughout mm-hmm. this webinar. I think everybody start, is starting to, again, this is the reason why we're calling them employees and not assistants. Yeah. If we're willing to invest time, if we're willing to train them, if we're willing to do it with them, build process with them, it's it's an employee that you now Yeah, gain. what the hell's so- an assistant? They're not assistants, <laughs> you know, but they are Mohammed, Mohammed. Mohammed told me, he came to me, he said, Jason, I'm not changing my damn name. I said, okay, Mohammed, that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We love Mohammed anyway. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Well, see, I think his website just got up. He started before me, so he has the best excuse, right? It was already that. You can't change the brand after it's there. So here's a controversial one since we've got three different companies here. Which VA company should I work with? How do I know who to work with? I think it, it goes back to your agency. You really need to start doing some soul searching and as what is important to me, right? Uh, I have a lot of companies that came and asked me, hey, agencies that came and asked me, hey, oh, do you have Spanish speaking, uh, you know, VAs? Yeah, but they're not in Mexico. So you may want to find a VA that is in Mexico that's proficient in Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. So that may be your need. So you need to figure out what your need is. And then at the same time, interview different VA companies and f- see what's what's important for you. You know, it's not which company you should work with. It's it's the what question you should ask is important, right? Uh, you know, security is like I said, it's 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 super important. Uh, a rogue VA can really destroy you. You know, I, I feel I think it's crazy for a an insurance agent just to go on some website and just it's like Craigslist for VAs and you find some Joe Schmo you have no control over, no connection with. 
No, you don't know him from Steve down the street and you're going to give him access to your management system. I think that's, that's like, that's like the most riskiest thing you can do. So I think security is one question, you know, those are the right question you need to ask and then figure out which company you should work with, you know? Mohammed and Monica, I got this, uh, I got this article coming out next week. Um, and, and what it is, is basically every question that you need to ask. I break it down into three people, the other people, their process and their protection. And then I give questions on everything that you should ask on all of these. And I mean, I'm serious. Um, and it, it, I want you guys to know this is a great, great thing to have for your industry. But I talked to a guy last night that was, that had $180,000 and he's in a lawsuit with a company that, that did him wrong. These are real type things. I'm actually sometimes thinking about getting a class action lawsuit on this stuff. The point is, is there's actually very good VE companies out there. You've got a cover desk. You've got Monica and Sabato. You've got VA Simplified. You've got Lava Automation. Um, you've got you've got Virtual Intelligence, shameless self-promotion there, right? Um, there's probably some others out there, but I want you to know these are the questions you've got to ask and you've got to be serious. And there's starting to be a lot of them that are coming from outside our industry, like they're doing healthcare or they're doing lawyers and stuff. You guys all know that there's no industry like the independent insurance industry, right? We are our own breed and they have to be trained that way. And they need to come with that kind of uh, back backing that. But they, this is a very, very important question when you ask, ask about their people, ask about their process and ask about their protection. That's the important thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, security was one of the biggest issues I had with other VA companies, right? So when we started this one, that was that was the main goal, you know. It's like, hey, I want protection. I want boots on the ground. I want, you know, a manager, someone who can uh, find this person, go to the house if they did me wrong, you know, uh, and grab them by the collar if, <laughs> if it turns out to it. You know what I mean? So you gotta have that that connection from that perspective, you know. So I think security is is one of the biggest questions that every agency should ask every single VA company. How is my data secure? We're in risk management business, guys. So we should be managing our own risk from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so VAs is, 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 can be a wild west if you look at it from some point of view. But so that's why you have to really basically figure out who you're going to bed with. And at the same time, contracts, right? I mean, Great you have sense. to look at your contracts. What happens? You fall in love with this VA one year down the road, two years down the road, pricing changes. How is all that going to work out? You know, so that's something you really need to look at. Yeah. I think, you know, check mark to everything that Mohammed and Jason said. And then the other thing is like, you know, the three of us can sit here and tell you why we are so great or why you should work with us. But the reality is that you're not hiring me. You're not hiring Jason and you're not hiring Mohammed. You're hiring some hiring somebody else that works for us. And you should have the opportunity to talk to those people, to talk to those, you know, individuals that are on the on the roll call to get a job and and, and that are aligned with your agency. So, you know, for us, uh, we take pride on having a process where you interview the people and you get to choose who you want to work with based on your personality. And I think that's really important because, again, we're dealing with people. And you have to make sure that just like you're hiring Joe down the street because you really like his character and you like what he can give, you also need the opportunity to interview the people that, you know, you want to work with. So for us is, you know, having that opportunity of you actually choosing who you want to work with as well, besides everything else that comes with, you know, what Mohammed and Jason said as well. You know, one thing I'd like to add what Monica said is, you know, uh, when it comes to these people, um, you have to understand some of the mindset of these uh, virtual employees or uh, professionals or VAs that they come from, they, they, they're not going to have the same outgoing, crazy personality as, as Jason, me or Monica, do, you know, so they are going to be a little bit more timid. They come from a different 
background, right? They were they they grew up in a different environment as than we did. So they're not gonna have that personality that you're looking for that that may jive with everybody else. But one thing I've noticed with virtual employees or virtual assistant is they grow, they mold into your agency as you bring them on. They're very timid in the beginning because they come from a uh, oh, you're my boss. I should be kind of, you know, uh, kind of be somewhat submissive. Well said, Mohammed. You know, but as you bring them on, man, their personality comes out and they fit right in, you know. So just keep that in mind. Interviews are great, but that's just, those are just interviews, you know. So they will grow within your agency as their personality develops with yours. Wonderful points, everyone. I think we talked about this one earlier when we asked what tasks should be happening. Let's keep things rolling. We do have about seven minutes left. So here's the question. I think we've answered this a couple times already, but but why are we referring to VAs as VAs? I think we know the answer, but Jason, if you want to dive in. Yeah, it's just, it's just a morphing. And I'm going to be completely honest, as I always will be. It's marketing. Okay. It's marketing and letting them know what type of person that I regard them to be. Right. And, and professional is not any different than assistant. That is not any different. It just happens to be that when we started our company, we decided, hey, this is what, the way that we see them. I will tell you, it is an absolute nightmare for us because everybody associates VA. Right. So there is huge strength in calling them that. But at the same time, that's the only difference. So I even saw somebody ask there, what is the difference? Nothing like there's no difference other than how they are addressed. Right. That's all it is. It's all about respect. Respect and the and the culture that you want to set with these folks, right? They are a part of the company. They are an employee, not an assistant. That's wonderful. Um, Can we show a virtual assistant process live? I I don't know. Panel, Uh, I'll tell you what. If I showed you an auto change process live, it would look very much like the one that your agency does already. 100%. 100%. They are an employee. They should be doing the same thing. Yeah, so. they're, they're no different. They're not using a different system. There's not like Erie where the agent goes in and Erie where the VE goes in, right? I mean, it's all the same. It's it's the same thing. So, Kimlin, I think that is a, a wonderful thing to do outside of this webinar with one of these lovely folks, whoever you choose. I'm sure they can show you what their company is able to do. Uh, shameless yeah. sales pitch for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we know how to scale this up? I mean, we talked a little bit about the ratios earlier. Um, you, you said you had six VEs to your nine FTE full-time employees. Mm-hmm. How do we know how many sh- I should have, when I should add another one? What does that look like? Yeah, it is. That's a tough question. I, I think right now the thing is, as as Monica said, one licensed person, two VEs. Now, maybe you need three for that. Maybe you only need one. I have three big commercial guys and they're actually getting, they just got their third. So I'm not going to make it seem like they've always had that, but they've had one and then they had two and they're writing very large accounts, but they're each going to probably have their own. Well, that's not true. They're not, we use them for the the, the tasks that they're good at. So they're not going to each have their own, but it would be a one-to-one ratio in commercial. Um, inside personal lines, we have two licensed, and then we would have, I think, three. I think we have three in personal lines too. I think that's where they are. And one of those people also does our commissions and stuff like that. We reconcile commissions, and then it's just given to our COO who then approves it. Everybody, everybody grows at a different rate and mm-hmm. everybody has different KPIs and different ways that they work. You know, some agencies are more fast paced than others. So for us to sit here and give you a concrete answer on that, we will be lying yeah. because every agency just add, you know, their staff as needed as far as they have reached the productivity level that they like. One thing that is important to, to learn is that we shouldn't be throwing people into problems, right? We need to explore technology. We need to marry with efficiency. And then we have to make sure that we understand what people do I need in the right place at the right time. And I think that that's a whole beautiful you know, cycle that comes around once you are operating a little bit more efficiently every day. So it all depends on, on on the agency 
Yeah, there's no formula that you can put into a textbook, it sounds like. So, you know, the way that Jason and Muhammad are growing their agency is different than the way that Monica's growing her agency and the That's same right. way that she's right. going to build her, her VE, her VP organization, VA organization. So um, how do I make sure duplicate work isn't being done by a VE and a full-time employee, Jason? Um, and I think you mentioned this a little bit with setting up probably technology and process the right way, but can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, that's just one process. So there would be run process there. And as Muhammad, he said it really best. Whoever's is, if it requires a licensed person, it's going to a licensed person. If it can be done without a licensed person, the thing from through to through, then that's going to be done. Um, mortgagee changes come in. We only accept them through service at T Insurance A. That goes in. There's no licensed person seeing a mortgage change done. I mean, that, that's just that's just ridiculous for that to happen. So it just kind of depends, right? But then, like uh, when it comes to quoting. The in our the way we teach, it's all comes in through a licensed person, and in quoting, it goes out through a licensed person. Everything done in the middle that doesn't require a license, that's where we're putting them in. So it just kind of depends on what that what that can be. Com uh, com commissions, you don't need to be licensed for that. They pretty much do it from almost beginning to end, and then that last ten percent is done and okayed to go out to the accountant. So it just kind of depends. So within within insured mine, right? So uh, way we have it within our personal line pipeline, we have columns, and those columns are for either licensed task or unlicensed task, right? So if if I'm a producer and I'm on looking at this column, that's my column within that pipeline, and that's what I need to worry about. If if it goes out of that, I bounce it back and forth, you know. So if it's out, it goes to a VE or VA task and they'll work on that. And so it you can make sure within your process that this does not overlap. There's no duplicate work from that perspective, you know. So it it can be done. It's with insured mind is very simple. Yeah, and I want to add yeah, to that. This that is what oh, sorry, Monica. No, I was just gonna say it's the W's, right? Like the the what, the when the who and and just move on and as far as that's clear with everybody on staff you will be fine but again a defined process is, is extremely important this is why a crm is needed this is why as my buddy roush has given me thing it's not about policy management it's about managing the services side that's coming with that and mohammed good for you you said it so well you don't have to necessarily know exactly where your part is. You just have to know that if the task gets moved into this, uh, what would you call it? Column, I, yeah, I, what do we call it? Yeah, like a column, you know, if it gets moved into there, they know that that's what they have to do. And that that is that is so that is so well said. You can't do that in management systems today. This is why you have to have CRM. This is why it's about the customer life cycle. Okay. This, this is why it is very, very important to understand that. Wow, I my mind is is just exploding right now. Uh, so much to think about. I think we've unpacked a lot of things. Um, so somebody was asking about contact information. We will send out the webinar recording after this with everybody's contact information. Any final thoughts, Mohammed, Monica? It's not what I have to say is thank you for having me. Insured mine is an awesome thing. I got to get out of here. I really, I have another appointment. I'm sorry that I'm actually leading. Okay. So I apologize. Raushan, I love you and I'm sorry to leave early. Thank you, Tucker, for allowing me. Monica, Muhammad, it's always good to see you. Monica, Muhammad, any closing thoughts? No, no, just, you know, for everybody out there that is thinking about, you know, wanting a, a VA, a VE, a VP, um, you know, it, it's not impossible to, you know, adapt this, this line of work. Um, but most importantly, you just have to define what is really that you want for the future of your agency. That's, that's the most important thing. So once you define that, then we can certainly help you get there. Mohammed, myself, Jason, whoever it is that you are more comfortable with, uh, we will be here to help because that's what we want everybody to succeed. And, and I like to add one more, like accent is going to be an issue. You know, there's, there's no way around it. You know, there's no way around it. Uh, I mean, if you call travelers, uh, like personal lines travelers, right? Their, their call center is in the Philippines. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. You know, if you're a traveler's agent and you, you call travelers personal line services for any questions or anything, they're in the Philippines. You know, so then you could, their accent is awesome, um, but accent will come, will become an issue. You, we deal with that when you call American Express or your visa, you know, their, their call center somewhere else. So accent is something you are going to have to get over. 
uh, over time, you know, um, so you have to look in within your agency and say, look, is, is that an issue? If that is, then maybe that's that's something you will have to get over. So accent is one of the, the topic that pops up, you know, when I talk to different agents, like, hey, you know, what about the accent? Is it too thick? I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> they're not from the U.S., <laughs> you know, so. It is so funny, Mohammed. I always said, where well, you're talking to me, I have an accent. My first language is not English. I've been here for over 20 years. So if you can talk to me, you can talk to them, right? Like that's my, that's always my, my answer because it's so funny. And we all have accents, you know, yeah. I'm in Massachusetts. You can tell because I say Boston and it's like with an A. And you can tell Tucker is from Texas. So accents are a beautiful thing. That's kind of like how, how we, uh, how we kind of like go around that question yeah, all the time. I think you're right. Like you said, but everybody has an accent. People in America have an accent. If you take them yes. outside of the U.S., they'll say you're from America <laughs> because you yeah. have an American accent. You know, so I love it. I love it. Like yeah, to train my, your ears uh, to kind of listen to everybody differently. So my Midwest accent has dissipated. I now have a Texas accent. I don't, I don't know if some of my sales folks would agree that I'm a true Texan, but hey, we're all from somewhere. So wonderful webinar today. This was awesome. We'll send out the recording. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to these lovely folks and have a wonderful day. See y'all. Bye guys. Thank you. Hey agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.